Welcome to the Soulful Sound Podcast. This podcast is about celebrating the leaders, teachers, and coaches who guide fellow humans to connect, heal, and discover themselves so they can express their gifts into the world. I am Simone Niles, a coach, sound healer, vocalist, and author. Thank you for being here with me today. And I am back for another amazing episode with this beautiful soul. I am joined by Bill Phillips, who is a psychic medium and the author of Expect the Unexpected, Signs from the Other Side, and most recently, Soul Searching, Tune into Spirit and Awaken Your Inner Wisdom. His life's mission is to help people to deal with grief of losing loved ones by bringing through validations, evidential information, and beautiful messages from spirit, which heal and bring a sense of peace. He conducts individual and small and large group readings and has appeared on high-profile television programs like Dr. Phil and Access Hollywood. Yeah! Welcome, welcome, Bill. So lovely to have you with me today. Oh, so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Well, I really like to start asking my guests pretty much the the first thing that that comes up for me is how you got into the work that you do. So as a psychic medium, was there is there a particular story of how you either recognized or realized that gift? Yes, you know, um, I can definitely say that growing up when I was a child, I did not have on my list of things to do growing up to be a psychic medium. <laughs> um, one of those things that definitely um, found me and, and called to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm remembering back um, as early as my early childhood, actually, having different experiences. Primarily um, at night, actually, was the strongest of those experiences, seeing faces around me, the mouths moving not knowing what on earth to make of it. Um, My mother telling me I had a very strong imagination. Um, And then that led into a really interesting time on my journey of my parents both sort of fighting over me in this custody thing, going back and forth and them having their own own struggles in life. So long story short, uh, when I was six years old, my mom took me um, from California to New York for three years. And it was a really, um, it was a very challenging time for us. Um, mm. I think that during during those moments, I really learned about resilience, you know, and, and how to protect myself and shield myself as a, as a child, yeah. as a seven, eight-year-old. So it really began back then. And then flash forward um, to when I was almost 15, my mother passed away unexpectedly. And I was able to see her after almost six years um, by her by her bedside. And in that moment, I thought my life was completely, you know, over. But a few nights later, I woke up to her in the room with me. And that in itself was life-changing. Of course, mm. there was so much, there were so many questions and there was so much, you know, just uncertainty around my experience that I kept diving deeper and deeper into this kind of- Do you feel called to use your voice and sound in a healing capacity? Learn how to use your voice therapeutically to facilitate healing and well-being. Whether you want to go deeper in your own healing journey or facilitate others in theirs, this training is for you. This online training runs over five weekends and offers theory, practice, resources, and support on your path to becoming a qualified sound healer and for your personal healing journey. This connection and into um, the awareness of the other side and spirit. Yes. Um, it, it really, it really had a way of, of really following me. And once I listened and once I answered the call, the rest was basically history. Mm. Yes, I love how you put that answer the call because I often talk about even just your calling in in life and whatever that feels like it's sometimes it's a whisper sometimes it's a blaring siren but that's the first part is to to hear it but listening to it and then acting upon it is is the next steps right so I love that um and I and I've spoken to many people with amazing and incredible gifts like yours and it's always so interesting whether it's the commonalities that come through which is noticing something through the senses in a 
really profound way. Um, but also there's an element of trusting that. And that comes at different points, right? Because I know some people have been like, am I crazy? What's going on? You know, does anyone else see this? Um, but for you, you just kind of sensed into that because for you, it was obvious you you saw your mother, right? So it wasn't just, I don't know who this person is. So that's a beautiful connection straight away. Yeah, and absolutely. And even before that time too, um, you know, being a child, and I always say that when we are um, opening up to our spirituality and our spiritual gifts, it usually has a heartbreak, you know, in association with it or a trauma in association with it. That's how we're able to break free of, of this sort yeah. of um, human conditioning, you know. Yes. And so for me, that began in my childhood through having a pretty, um, you know, uh, crazy, dramatic um, uh, childhood. So I, mm-hmm. I had to, I had to learn how to really go within. And mm-hmm. what what I found was with going within, um, I was surrounded with this force field of energy. Mm-hmm. As a child, I didn't really know what to label it as such, but I know that what I was experiencing was the white light of spirit. And so um, this was something that became very regimented into my being because I had no choice but to go within. And so I feel like it was a great gift that came in the darkest moments of my life, actually. Mm. Mm. And I I really do believe that um, that's the case with everyone here right now on this earth is that there's there's going to be, you know, um, a moment of breaking point. And it's with that breaking point that there's an awareness that comes from it. And mm. you can't go backwards. You can only go forward with that, with that newfound awareness and knowledge. Yes. 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 Yeah. I completely relate to that. And, you know, it's when we're in that dark night of the soul or those really heartbreaking moments, it's not always to see the um, easy to see the gems in that moment. Often it's in hindsight when we've learned or expanded or grown or or whatever that might be. I know for me recently, and I love some of the, the, the things that you talk about in your book, I would say that I've been through quite a radical shift and expansion in myself, which came through that like cracking open experience. And all I could do was go into gratitude because while I didn't quite understand what was behind all of that, I just thought, I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful for whatever it is that's coming through this pain. My mom always used to say, um, and I'm sure it's not hers, but uh, that God breaks your heart so he can shine his light through it. And I completely related to that. I was like, you're so right. Let the light shine. But this hurts. (laughs) Definitely. Oh, so true. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. So I have another question. It's a bit twofold. I think I'll start with the other side of it first, which is, what is your description of higher self? Because you talk about the higher self a lot. And I want to know about more about that. But let's start with letting people know what that is for you. Absolutely. So the higher self for me is my all knowing self. It's my spirit self. It's sort of like the unconscious part of myself that's that's really dictating my journey and guiding me on that journey. So I like to consider myself a channel of light or a channel for spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think of my higher self as an extension of that channel of light that's kind of just keeping an eye on me, you know, watching mm-hmm. when I choose to tune into it on a conscious level that's where this wisdom comes from, or that's where these downloads occur, you know? The the great thing about this is that we all have a higher self. That's why we're, you know, we've all chosen to come into this life experience. So when you're able to really view life in that context of having a higher evolved self, Mm -hmm. then you really see um, the challenges of life in a different light. And you're able to see that, you're not really a victim of life, but rather you've signed up to have these lessons to Mm -hmm. evolve on your journey of life. That's amazing. And so you talk about when you're connecting to this higher self that really helps us to navigate and flourish in this world right now that is becoming quite complex. So talk a little bit about that. How does that work in your, in your opinion? How does that evolve? Well, it all goes down to intuition, you know, and it all goes down to learning how to create this language within ourselves. Everything goes down to our own language. And so 
I find that um, when, when someone's discovering their intuitive self or their higher self, rather, they're understanding that it's a different language than they speak in their regular everyday life. Mm-hmm. A lot mm-hmm. of the time it's feeling based, but it's also symbolic based as well. A lot of symbols, yeah. you know, a lot of just kind of charades that we're receiving puzzle pieces rather, that we have to have the awareness of going within and kind of mm. connecting that data together to make informed decisions. So yes. I, I really believe that it just comes down to being present because in the present moment, that's where everything connects with us um, mm. just naturally, organically as well. Um, but you know, as as the world continues to um, become chaotic here down here on the Earth plane, which which it is yeah. rapidly right now. Yes. Um, one thing that I have found to be true is that when we're connecting with our higher self, when we're going within and disconnecting from the physical world around us, there is something magical that happens in those moments where we're able to transcend the fear or transcend the ego space, you know, the space that that kind of wants to create this pattern within our minds. Mm -hmm. And when we're able to go above that, that way of thinking and being, um, I find that the world around us just becomes way more enjoyable and way more vivid and way more Mm -hmm. just synchronistic by going to that sweet spot that we all have access to. Yeah, that is beautiful. And and, and I'm going to ask you this question, because I know that looking at some of the information in your book that you're sharing so beautifully, very practical exercises, as well as your own story and everything like that, um, that you talk a lot about going into the stillness. And I know that a lot of people have different ways of doing that. So I feel very blessed that uh, from the age of six, I started a meditation practice. So meditation for me is my go to. Um, And then, of course, there's prayer. So what is the difference for you? Um, between meditation and prayer if you if there is one well there definitely is but in essence you're connecting with your higher power both ways you know I believe that praying is really starting the dialogue it's it's speaking to the universe speaking Mm -hmm. to spirit speaking to your higher self and meditation is when you're in that stillness being able to receive that guidance you know so Mm -hmm. one is um placing the call through prayer and answering the call is through meditation that's a beautiful way i've not heard it that way before that's quite interesting yes yeah Uh, so do you feel then that both are needed I believe that they are innate in all of us, that we're supposed to use them while we're here on our spiritual journey, you know? And so um, for people that are awakening to that way of of being, um, at first it can feel a little bit, you know, foreign or a little bit scary, like, wait, what? All I have to do is pray and then meditate and everything's going to be solved for me? No, <laughs> not, not quite. But, but it, it is sort of a threshold, though, you know, of, of mm-hmm. accessing that deeper level of who you are and going deep within that self, connecting you to the knowledge that you are exactly where you're supposed to be in this moment. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. And it, it offers a, a place to surrender, right? Especially when things are uncertain, which life, you know, happens to be very often. So yeah, it offers a place to surrender, whether it's higher self, universe, God, whatever people, you know, whatever words we choose to use, it's knowing that there is something greater and beyond us that we can surrender to. And I, I love that. I, I mean, I relate. Um, and it's interesting. I like that nuance between the two, the call and then the um, the space to answer it or to hear hear the answer and then take take what you will from that. Yeah. And, you know, something too that I, that really helped me on my journey was unbeknownst to me, um, before all of this really was taking place, I was going to school to be an opera singer, actually. I was, Amazing. I was a musician. And what I found was that there was a really strong correlation between music and spirituality and mm-hmm. not only that, but, but also the vibration of sound as well and how that vibration could um, manipulate the energy around us, you know, it's sort of yeah. stagnant energy or maybe as a way to tune into a vibration or, or the stillness that you wouldn't have access to without that reference point of sound around you. So mm-hmm. for, for, for me, um, singing and, and music and even listening to music as well became that door opening for me to that stillness within Um, And that has evolved since that time over the past few decades as well. So 
That is beautiful. Well, you are speaking my language as I'm a sound healer, and that's all the work that I do, all about sound and voice and energy and vibration and frequency. And oh, yes, you're speaking my language. And a lot of the my own personal challenges were healed through sounding or singing and a lot of stuff even when I was younger and I didn't quite know that sitting in the tree after school when I was like 10 or something every day I would come home it kind of became a daily ritual of just lying back on this tree and singing my heart out and hearing the waves uh, of the sea that wasn't so far in the distance and seeing above all the houses and you know that was so profound and it I think it saved me a lot because it really became something that I felt so connected one to to the higher self but also to source I happened to be in nature and connected to the tree the the, the strength of that branch beneath me and the energy of the tree and the nature so profound and I can say that in hindsight when I was doing it like you said these things are sometimes very innate or natural you know I didn't go let me go into the tree and sing so I can feel better um, but it definitely was my my way into to sound in a way that obviously now I can see why <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I find that when we get out of the way and make things simple for ourselves, mm-hmm. our higher self and our, our bodies even too, they know what they have to do to heal themselves, you know, yes. and our soul knows what needs to happen to ground ourselves. And we're so mm-hmm. blessed to live in this universe and on this earth with so many opportunities to connect with mother earth, you know, to connect with nature, even just something as simplistic as the sunrise and the sunset are one of the most priceless gifts that we get to experience every day to show ourselves where we're at in the universe. And the fact that there's so much hope for new beginnings every day that we're here. Mm. Gratitude for the beautiful things that we have, you know, at our fingertips. So I know with your book, it's soul searching. So one of the things that I wanted to ask about, because I don't think I've heard it this way before, and I'm really curious about your way. It's like you talk about the role of the inner child. So what does the role of our inner child play in our, well, I guess our search for soul, for our soul? You know, our inner child is very impressionable. It's the most purest version of ourselves. And I really know that our inner child is the pin light that entered our body in the first place. It was that that just unlimited light source that we come from. And when we're here as children, um, I believe it's everyone's journey as well. And it, it will be unique to each person's journey too. But what happens is that there, we're so impressionable as children, yet we enter this world so open and so connected mm-hmm. to the universe, to spirit, to the invisible world. Mm-hmm. And that, that becomes our, you know, our, our safety, right? And then there's a programming that happens somewhere along the ages of six, seven, eight. Yeah. Somebody that that we put our trust into programs something that goes against all of our inner knowing in those moments. Yes, yes. And and then what happens is that because we are so impressionable, we begin to believe the new command. So flash forward on our adult trajectories, Mm -hmm. when, when we're having these awakenings too, and it really just sort of makes us go back within and re-question everything in our lives to that point, you know, and makes us go, so I wasn't crazy when I was having those experiences as a child that yeah. every single one of us have experienced, you know? Yeah. Um, when you think of it yourself in those terms of your pin light being connected to your inner child, then you know that that inner child is something that is so important to protect on your physical journey. It's something that we we all have access to going back to and communicating with our inner child. Therefore, the threshold is we are communicating with our all-knowing self via our inner child. So Mm. inner child is something that I feel um, when we nurture it and when we're really doing the inner work, we're giving back to ourselves, you know, and we have to give back to ourselves to be of service to the world around us. And we're all here on some level to be of service. We've we've all signed up for that. Mm. Mm. So I know that you have exercises in your book. 
Is there one tip that you can give right now for someone who says, well, how can I kind of just even reconnect with my inner child? Is, is there anything that you can share on that for this piece? Absolutely. I would, I would absolutely recommend um, sitting in meditation, finding the stillness, which again, can just be as simple as maybe five minutes of just focusing on your breath, you know, rising above the mind chatter, rising above the ego space. And then once you're there, um, going within visualizing something to you that reminds you of your childhood. Mm. Primarily something that has more of a positive association to it. But let's just say that that there's not and there, there's a lot of healing that still is in, is in progress. To still go back to that place, to see yourself there in hindsight as your adult self and to mm. be able to show that inner child how loved they are. And also not only that, how they're going to be okay, how they're going to thrive, you know, to give them that, that confidence boost, to give them that, that, that support and that reassurance. Yes. Yes. It's so, so so important. Yeah. And quite simple to do in, 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 in an exercise, but so profound. I love that. I mean, I have practices of not necessarily just going back to the, my inner child, but even just a younger version of myself. Like when I was moving between relationships and thinking, okay, what's next? What do I want? I've evolved. What do I want to re- I mean, attract now and all of this? I sometimes go back to the 20, whatever your version of myself and, 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 and grieve the, the things that I thought was the best for me and say, thank you. Thank you. But I've got us. I've got you now. And we can step forward together and with this, all of this experience and this knowing of what the possibilities that lie ahead. Um, so I really relate to those, you know, whether it's inner child or the younger version, or we can also future pace and talk to our, our future selves in such a beautiful way. I think these practices are so beautiful and can offer so much. And they're so simplistic because they're designed to be a part of who we already are. And yeah. as, as you were stating so beautifully earlier, you know, these are things that these practices that you were led to do subconsciously, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's something, there's something really important there in that message about when we really do make life more simple and get out of the complexity of our, of our r- rational side of ourselves. Yeah. And we, even if we just sit in that stillness or sit in the light, there there is for sure a transmutation happening in those moments. There is an evolution happening. Yeah. yeah. To just we have to kind of quiet down the part that wants to control control it all. Yes. Know? Yeah. That's beautiful. So. I, I guess this could be a good segue because I just spoke about relationships, at least me moving between relationships. So I know that you talk about it being how letting go of, let's say, toxic relationships, how important that is towards living the life that we desire. So first, let's just design, let's just describe what a toxic relationship is. And then tell me about that. Why is letting go of that really, you know, an important part of living what we really desire? I love this question. So a toxic relationship is one in which the other party is so stuck in their own low negative vibration space that they don't know any other way. And everyone that they pull into their orbit, they're affecting them on that low vibrational space. there's not really an awareness to break free of that of that energy source. So a lot of times this will show up for people um, as unhealed part of their childhoods. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is it's always a, the um, the uh, age old saying about marrying your parents. You know what right. I mean? Not <laughs> yeah. within and going like, oh, all this, all of this stuff that made me feel so you know worthless, let's just say, as a child or in my adolescence, you know, is showing up for me again right now. So I I believe that those um, relationships serve a purpose, but they have an expiration date, though. So I'm here to learn with them. So I really do know that they are teachers to us. But at a certain point, though, if on their soul level, they're not willing to break free of that way of being and evolve with us. Mm-hmm. Then there has to be another road that forms for us, like a fork in the road. Yeah. And always the most challenging thing, um, typically when it's someone that 
we love with every ounce of our being. And we know that we may not experience uh, love like that again, you know, in our lives. But we also know that the love is in the giving to them. And that giving is setting them free. Mm. And by setting them free, we're also releasing the shackles from ourselves as well. Mm. Mm. So on that, because I'm sure a lot of people listening will be able to relate, whether it's current, past, or anything like that in their lives, right? And so what advice would you give to people who are having a hard time letting go of whether it's other people, places or things that are no longer serving them? And let's go with that first, that analogy that you gave, that example that you gave, which is the relationship's great. You love the person. It's beautiful. But you still know it's not for you anymore, because I think a lot of people might be able to see, Okay, they need the advice anyway. But if it's really bad, it might feel easier to leave than when it appears to be beautiful and great, but it's still not serving you, right? Talk to me about that. Yes, I, you know, again, it all goes back to having that higher awareness of, of our lives, you know, and that higher spiritual perspective. And I, I would encourage anyone who's in that space right now where they really feel like they are stuck or they're at their bottom, or, or maybe they've just made the decision to leave this relationship behind and they're, and they're grieving it still at the moment. Yeah. I would encourage them to really try to go above, rise above the the bad parts of us for a moment or what we perceive to be bad and try to see where the gifts lie in that relationship. Maybe it was something where this person empowered you mm. to say no and to have your own personal boundaries. Yeah. A lot of times that's what these relationships are there to uh, serve for us. It's, it's to basically help us access our own power that we have from within, you know? Mm -hmm. And then like you were saying earlier too, gratitude is a very simple approach, but it's also very powerful as well because it just attracts more of that energy to it. So I will go through and write down, you know, a list of things that you, that you were grateful for within that relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's something as simple as, um, knowing that you had the courage all along to own your voice and to own your power on your journey. And that is something that is huge. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that owning your power. It's for me, a lot of the relationships that I've had that I've left knowing it's no longer serving me was very much about my self-worth teaching me about how worthy I am. And that was a beautiful, I mean, it is a beautiful lesson. And the more I step into that, the more I know, okay, well, this is something new. This is what I'm attracting now. That's reflecting the frequency and vibration of what I'm now, you know, emitting, let's say. Um, so the question I have, because I've, I would also say that uh, not in all my relationships, but certainly my, my more mature life partner relationships, I've been very fortunate to, to cultivate a conscious un uncoupling. So most of the time, once we knew it was over, we still spent time loving each other out of the relationship. I know that that's not the norm, but I really find that that's a beautiful way to step into forgiveness. So you also talk about forgiveness. And I like this because I think there are a lot of people going through the hard times who'll be like, yeah, but they did, I know I did, or this happened and I can't forgive this or all of the things that we can sometimes carry, which we can also put down, but we sometimes carry. What is What would you say about forgiveness? Being that you say in your book that it doesn't equate to exoneration, which I love. And so why is forgiveness so important? And talk to those pieces a little bit for us. Yes, forgiveness is something that literally just frees us up. It frees up our energy. It disconnects our energy cords, rather, to um, situations that, that no longer serve us on our journey. You know, mm -hmm. you know, when we're coming from the safe part of our being, that the ego space, or what I refer to as the ego voice within, um, it always wants to find blame and it always wants to, you know, point fingers and it wants to, it wants to make you feel the safety of the victimhood and being in that victim mentality. Um, and so again, when we go into our higher knowing and step mm -hmm. into our higher knowing with any practice that we might cultivate in our daily lives, 
that that practice brings us to an awareness that shows us what is ego-based and what is love-based. Yes. And so again, it, it's, it, I know it sounds uh, very simple, but it's true though. When we come from the space of not taking those actions personally, but really recognizing them as a lesson plan that our soul signed up for, I really believe that it takes that pressure off of ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. and it makes us know that we're in the, we're in the school of life right now, and we are passing our exams at the moment. Happened to be the exam and and the, 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 the pop quiz was forgiveness. And we, Mm -hmm. we, (laughs) <laughs> we pass that is, you know, and because of that, and we forgave, we actually created more space within ourselves mm-hmm. to let people in on this new journey. So I believe that we enter this life with a, a soul group, different souls that we've traveled with through the lifetimes. For sure. They're yeah. not all blood family. You know, a lot of times they are, um, you know, um, people that have come to, um, Hurt us, love us, heal us, you know, but mm-hmm. they're all surrounding us. And because we are so powerful and we are these co-creators on our journey, we really do have the power to make space to let different souls in on that journey that vibrate with our frequency or vibrate yeah. with our intention. So yes. I, I I know and I've seen it through a lot of clients' lives and friends' lives as well, is once they've learned the lesson and they're able to lovingly put that person behind their heart, but they're able to move forward as well. Mm. They're attracting people to them that are championing them. And these people are showing them their true nature and what they're capable of and their true potential. And I think that there's so much beauty and empowerment when you find your tribe. Yes. Yes, for sure. I think it's, 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 it all comes down to that vibration and frequency, right, of what, you know, and then we evolve and that changes as well. I've had quite a few clients who grieve losing friends because they've, um, you know, they've expanded or they've grown and their friends haven't. And, you know, in a way, not a toxic relationship, but you can't bring someone with you. They have to do the work themselves. And I think the way you've just described it, for me, it's some, it's a lesson that I think I'm so blessed to have been taught this very young. And I think if there's one thing that I hope that my kids, I have three beautiful children that they know now is that you are responsible for your own stuff, but equally important to know when it's not yours. And also that choice piece, which is I I can choose to feel badly about this. And I come to points in my life when I feel bad, I go, okay, I give you five more minutes to wallow in this, Simone, then come on, just, you know, because I know that there is something that can be done from moment to moment, you know, we're all always one breath away from a new reality. And so I love that you speak about uh, forgiveness, where it's about freeing you up. And there is something very freeing knowing that you're only responsible for your own stuff. So you're not, a, and you're also choosing, as you said, the experience. So you're not a victim to circumstance. You know, you, we, we, I think there is definitely a difference between a victimization experience, but then a victim mindset, what you do with it after the experience. Um, so for you, having, like you said, a, a, you know, quite hard childhood and all the things that you did, you already can see the gems and the beauty that came out of those experiences, rather than saying, poor me, I'm going to stay here because this was this is the hand I was dealt. It's okay. I chose this for my soul to grow. So, hey, let's grow. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, I, and I find that when we do, when we each go through our own awakening, what it really shows us is to have compassion for each other too, you know, that we're all yeah. here. We're all here on this journey together. We're all yeah. Yeah. through something that we can relate to. And there's so much power in that connection. And when we think about all of us being one together on this journey, it takes away that, that separation um, illusion mm-hmm. that our people wants us to believe is true and real, you know, and, you know, when we, when we vibrate in that, in that, illusion of separation that's where all of the earthbound feelings creep in you know the earthbound feelings of um anger resentment um you know fear doubt all of these low vibrational energies that are there 
for a purpose for survival. And that's really it. So yeah. it's really about knowing that we have all of these facets of energy that we have access to, but to really know that we all have the ability to tune in to the channel that we want to perceive and receive. Mm-hmm. And that, that really is, um, it's not, it's not magical thinking. It's just react. It's, it's, it's our truest nature. And when we go into that space, we start to see the evidence of it showing up around us because we're vibrating at that level. Yes, yes, that's beautiful. I like that you use the word that that's for our survival. So it's something that we can't avoid or, I mean, because it's how we survive or would you say there is a better way to survive? I, I, you know, there's definitely, you know, we, we came into this, into this body form eons ago, you know, and, and that that part of our consciousness has has kind of have has grown with us over time. Mm-hmm. And so when we're able to see it for what it is, you know, and we're able yeah. to think of this mentality of that was then, this is now. This is mm-hmm. not this is not who I am. This is a part of my DNA that has traveled with me over lifetimes, you know. Um, then you're able to compartmentalize it and you're yeah. able to kind of put it in its place. And having having that that sense of power also works with surrender as well because we're we're surrendering everything around us um, that we don't have control over to yeah. find our own source of control. If that makes any sense, yes, I mean surrendering is a, is definitely a big part of it all. But I think then when we surrender, there is a sense of what are we what are we allowing. You know, so that for me, I completely relate. I love that. Um, there's a question that just popped up and I before I forget it, because it's not one that I that I thought to ask, but I feel like it would be really interesting um, as a psychic medium for you. How easy is it to go into that space to have that connection with spirit and do the work that you do? Is it feel like a snap now or is there is there a lot of preparation that you feel you still need to go through? Tell me a bit about where you are in that journey. I, I find that when I feel that I have to prep for it, that's my ego space taking over. And that's yeah, what I, okay, gotcha. I'm trying to tell me that I have to try hard to accomplish something, you know, right. Um, what I, what I've really come to um, cultivate within my own practice actually is having boundaries um, with, with spirit as well. And what, what I've come to know, because in the beginning of this journey for me, um as a teenager um I had trouble sleeping at night because I all I could hear were them calling my name out and I couldn't sleep and and I didn't know what to really do with it you know so as I um as I grew it as I evolved over time and learned um what I learned was most important for me was when I'm not being a messenger for somebody else having my own peace and my own sanity on my own human journey because otherwise I'm always in that space of energy and we're not supposed to exist there 24 seven. We're we're supposed to kind of walk the, walk the tightrope between those two worlds of ourselves, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so to answer that question, it really, for me begins with intention. So when I, when I begin doing my readings for people throughout the day, I will spend a, you know, a a few minutes in that space of intention, calling on the energy, raising the vibration Mm. and just asking for a healing to happen throughout my day. And then releasing that intention is what's so paramount in having that that energy match up with my intention as well you know is surrendering it so um but just basically knowing how vibration works and I think it goes back again to my musical journey Mm -hmm. as a person too I was able to figure out what the different levels of spirit were and how um if I used sound or even went within to create my own sound to raise my vibration, yeah. um, there was different levels of spirit that I was connecting with. You know, I was either connecting with guides that were that were you know around somebody, or if I focused my intent a little bit lower around their aura space, I was I was I was allowing souls that were directly connected to them to you know yeah. to. So it's all about knowing how energy works and knowing mm-hmm. how vibration works and how when when you have that when you have that aha moment 
and you have that knowledge, no one can take that away from you. You know what I mean? In that sense, it really is a split second of, um, of thought transformation to enter that space. Right. I love that. And it's interesting because the way you described it, um, I relate to from my sound healing practice, but I never thought of it in the same way, which is it's all about setting the intention and then getting out the way for sound to come through you in whatever way it's needed for someone's highest good. And that's not about what you think they need. It's what they, you know, they need and they don't necessarily even know. But it, I, you talk about the intention, which is a really huge part because it's actually intention plus frequency or sound that brings the healing. Not that it can't be healing if if the intention is not, um, well, actually, I think the intention is what makes it healing. Because we know we can listen to a lot of sounds. And the moment we go into that space of this is what this is helpful for, this is what this is what I want to listen to it for, it changes the experience. So I completely relate to that. Um, and it's interesting you spoke about boundaries because I when I was really young, my mom always used to say to me that I traveled a lot. I grew up in a very spiritual background. My mom studied metaphysics and she used to say, you need to sleep more. You travel a lot in your sleep. And it's only in the last couple of years, speaking to some of my colleagues and people who have different gifts that someone said, you know, you could actually tell spirit to leave you alone at night, right? And I was like, oh, (laughs) took you long enough to figure that one out that you can actually say, can you let me sleep? I'll heal. I'll go on the healing journey another time. And it really changed my sleep. So when you said that, I was like, yeah, I got to that, got that a bit late. But yes, that completely makes sense to me. <laughs> and it's such a simple truth, you know, but, you know, when when we're entering that, that awakening and we don't really know how it works yet, you know, we don't think to know that we're in control of that journey or, you know, yeah. or, or our voice matters the most. You yes, know I mean? and- exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's so beautiful. So tell us about um, the spiritual web that you write about in your book. It all goes back to um, these different levels of spirit energy that are around us and how, again, we're interwoven in this fabric of, um, of universal space with our spirit team. So I go into talking about, you know, not just our our loved ones that we knew in life being in spirit, that's just one level actually of the web that we make up. We also have guides that were, you know, sent to us to learn certain lessons to on our journey. We have the ascended master's energy too that we have access Mm -hmm. to when we want to liberate ourselves or, or find that inner wisdom. We have the angels too, the archangels, the ones that are never in physical human form. They're very high in light and vibration. But they also make up that web for us, too. So it's all about when we go into our heart space and um, and we visualize how everything connects in the heart space together. That is the same space that we're connecting with spirit around us as well. So they are, in essence, a part of our orbit. They're part of our orbit. And. They are there a lot um, in the background silently for us, but we know that when, when when life happens or we see miracles in our lives in the most interesting of ways, that they're behind those miracles. They're the ones laying it down for us, you know. Um, so when we give them the uh, validation as well, like, hey, thanks, guys. I couldn't have done this without you today. I really appreciate your help. Yes. Then they will they will um continue to give you signs as well. Yeah. Um, and I love that so much because it absolutely helps us have that reassurance in the physical world that we are being assisted and we are being watched over, especially yeah. when when we give them permission to meet us halfway and on that journey. Yeah, I've found in my own journey with connecting to spirit and my intuition and all of this that it really is about building this relationship. Because as you said, they're always in the orbit, they're always there. Um, But when you build a relationship, you open a two way channel to, to that. It's not that it's not possible to be protected and and cared for and guided without that connection but I personally find how much more liberating and it is and also even more connected to myself because of it right understanding as you said about the separate not having that separation it's like there's so much available there's so many resources available to us that we don't tap into 
Um, and I'm always so grateful when I have those experiences because I just feel like, yes, this is what this is what life is about. It really is. It's it's exactly what life's about. And when we're able to really understand how our language affects our life in general, it even goes down to, um, you know, the music that we listen to or the lyrics, or it goes down to the programming that we watch as well. Everything that, that we're perceiving, we're downloading into our subconscious and that will affect us on our everyday life, you know? So it's just really important that we feed that language um, with uplifting messages, you know, and yes. supporting um, mantras and things like that, that that are going to uplift us. And mm-hmm. in, in doing so, and this is why I love my gratitude practice as well, Gratitude is something that is innate in all of us, you know, yes. and we can all spend a moment to just think of one thing right now that we're grateful for, like mm-hmm. just being alive in this moment, in this physical experience. And what that does is we're giving our attention and our energy over to the spirit part of our being and to our higher self. And in doing that, yeah. we are so beautifully disconnecting from that ego space within Mm. And in that space, that's where we're all able to connect with the other side. Yeah, that is beautiful. So in that moment, I had this, oh, I'm so grateful for having conversations like this, because I, I just just light up when I feel like souls are talking and, and, and really connecting deeply, even though I know there's language, there's questions, there's stuff on the surface. There is a difference. And I know people, I mean, you can feel my energy, I can feel your energy, there is that connection that happens that where words don't even need to be spoken. And for me, this is what this whole podcast and platform offers for me. So I'm always grateful when I'm sitting in front of of someone else and having these enlightened and beautiful conversations. It's the conversations I love to have for sure. Same. I'm right there with you. And it's reminding me, um, I've had the the privilege for the past uh, several years, actually, of, um, of teaching workshops and leading workshops. And what I find is that during these moments together, we're all so connected and we're all so vibing so high and we're, we're in this other space mm. you know and the guidance that I always get upon closing these weekends together is that this energy source this feeling right now hold on to it take a mental snapshot of what it feels and looks like because mm. when you leave this experience there's going to be someone that shows up for you as a test to see if they can break that energy or to see if maybe they can get you back down into the space of fear and doubt, you know? And so it really just goes back to knowing that everything that we imprint, we have access to when we are allowing ourselves to conjure up those moments of connectivity, that's when we're able to feel like we are really in that web with everyone else around us, you know? Yeah, so beautiful. Yeah. I love this the spiritual way. I love that whole concept. It so <laughs> resonates. I love this. Now I know that a, a lot of the work you do, even though you said it's not only what you do, is supporting people who've had people, you know, pass and and grieving that. And that is something that none of us on this planet can avoid, losing someone or something important in our lives. So what perspective or words of wisdom do you have that can really offer support right now to anyone listening who's grieving the loss of a loved one? It's a great question. And I I know that as simple as this sounds, just being a medium and and, and knowing this truth that we are never alone and that when we leave this human experience behind, we transcend and Mm -hmm. we go back home. We go back to our heaven space as well. And I know for sure that our loved ones in spirit, they absolutely want us to remember the good times of that connection So the same way that I was explaining before about how we all can take that mental blueprint or that that mental shot of that energy, we don't always realize how simple our connection is to spirit. And Mm. what I mean by that is when you're having, when someone's having the memory of their dad laughing in their mind, you know, and it just seems from them, oh, it's a memory. I'm having a memory right now. But 
not really understanding that the other side, that's how they work. Mm. Mind to mind, energy to energy. What, yeah. what about thinking about if that soul actually put that memory into your awareness to give you that gift as well? Mm. So I would really encourage everyone as they go on throughout their day, and I know how heavy grief can be, I really do, mm-hmm. but we all have these moments when we are disconnected from it, even just for a moment in time. And yes. when we're when we're disconnected from it, maybe on our walk or you know, even taking a shower, something where we're not focusing on it as, as intently, that's when spirit has the ability to get through to us. So mm-hmm. I really would encourage everyone to, to um, be aware of the thoughts that they're thinking, and especially the thoughts that are lifting them up as well, and to yeah. take that as a gift from their loved ones. Yeah, I think that's such a beautiful nuance and a way to look at it because a lot of people hear often that, yeah, just think of all the good memories. And, you know, we were told this a lot when we're grieving, um, but to think of it in a way with the perspective of this is your your loved ones gifting you in this moment, this memory. They're, they're holding that with you and enjoying the moment of that with you. It's such a beautiful, I mean, I got chills when you said that. It's like such a beautiful way to look at it. Um, so I hope that people can take that little extra layer that it's not just think of all the nice memories which is great too but imagine that they're just in that space now remember when we and you were having that conversation remember you know grandson when we went fishing or whatever you know and those memories are so beautiful from that perspective thank you for sharing that it's just having that extra awareness of it and I think that that extra awareness just shows us how how much of a gift it is to be in the space right now, you know? And something too that my guides remind me of daily is that this life is fleeting, you know? Mm-hmm. No one's getting out of here alive. And so yeah. <laughs> yes. in that context, and you know that within your short human experience that you have here, if you go within and you utilize what is natural and innate to you, life can be really eye-opening and it can be mm, yeah. with, how, with how you connect the dots and you connect yeah. the synchronicities and you connect the love. We're here to feel our way through life. Yeah. And that's yeah. And to know that on the flip side of that, that we all go back home at some point together as well. And we're all, we all make up that beautiful web of energy it takes away that separation again. And I think that the separation, the feeling of separation is really what fuels that grief because yeah. it allows us to go deep within that ego space. Yes. And we all have to go there. We all have to, we all have to live there um, on this journey, but it's the, it's the extent of how long we live there. That really is our control. Yeah, and I think it puts uh, an interesting spin on what you said earlier, which is it's for our survival, right? We're going through survival mode very often, it feels like, when we lose someone dear to us. And so all of those feelings, all of the anger and all the whatever five stages of grief that, that might exist in our in our conscious mind or ego mind, is it's like this is us going through survival of, you know, that, that heartbreak, but there's so much beauty there. I just love that. It's kind of like connecting some dots from quite a few things that you've been saying today. So now I also do a lot of shamanic work. A lot of the work I do is around the sound healing and shamanic practices. And I know that in our, in one of the rituals that we use is, I mean, I call it soul energy release. Some people call it cutting cords. There's lots of different terms, but I'd love to know about the practice that you offer in your book, cutting cords to protect your energy boundaries. Tell me about that. Yeah, so this really goes down to utilizing our spiritual web. And I love to call upon Archangel Michael. He's the protector, you know, and I like to visualize his sword, his mighty sword as well. So what I will do is whether it be, um, you know, in the morning before I work with people in this way, um, I will visualize, go within and visualize myself and just see What's feeling off for me today? What's pulling me down right now? And right in those moments, as soon as I keep questioning it, my higher self will show me the visual. So mm-hmm. when I question, what do I have to release today? I will feel a pull, usually in my solar plexus area, and then I will be drawn down too. And as soon as I ask, why is this there? 
instantly there'll be something associated with it where it might be like the face of someone that I saw at the store the day before, you know, or something yeah. along those lines that's connecting to me. So I will set the intention to have everything that's not my own be cleared away from me. And I'll call upon my, 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 my source, uh, Michael, and I'll have him slice those energy cords that are not serving me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that I do too, to take it to the next level is after I'm done with that and I will protect myself, I will surround myself in this ball of white light. It's always my go-to that force field of energy. Yeah. And I will, I will visualize that sphere being mirrored. So anything that touches it gets reflected off of it back to its right. source. Right. And I will make a, and I will make a statement like I lovingly send everything that's not mine back to its sender yeah. for the highest good of all. You know, so yes. cord cutting, releasing energy that that no longer serves us. Um, it's really powerful once we understand how how much it affects us in our everyday lives because I don't think people really truly understand that when they're being bogged down by something or they're or they're they're in a really low space and they don't know why the other flip side to that is it's not yours yes the energy is not yours you yeah. don't have to, you don't have to hold on hold to it. it yeah and so when you're aware of that and you think oh my gosh this is not mine even within that liberation too, you are shaking the energy off of you, Yes, you know, and that's why going within doing that inner work is so important because it shows you how we're all connected, but it also shows you how you can thrive in the world around you when you take stock of your energy. And when, when you really understand and you're able to feel your unique energetic signature of who you yes. are, yes. then you will realize when something's around you that's not yours, what you can do to clear it. Yes, that's beautiful. And I think it was, it's really important to just to point this out because a lot of it's what I do as well. It's not just cutting the cords, as you said, but it's lovingly releasing the energy back to its sender or wherever it came from, you know, and that loving release for me is so beautiful because it feels like that's just being sent with a dose of compassion. Um, you know, here's a little dose of love. We're on, on your, on its way back to you, but yes, it's not for you. It's not for me. And there you go. I just think that's so beautiful. And (laughs) something something that I use daily too, or maybe not daily, but when I need to is, you know, we, we all have people that, that challenge us, you know, here in the life, or we, we may have had someone that, that wronged us too, that we had to forgive, you know, and and I have certain people be like, well, you know, don't you hate them because of that? And I, and I, I, and I, my response is that's a four letter word that I don't use in my vocabulary. So I, I, Um, But just for this purpose, what I do is if I'm feeling triggered by something from my past, whether it be someone that I felt like there was an unjust situation that happened. And of course, the ego part of myself wants to like, you know, send these daggers because that's how how (laughs) we're designed, you know. But when I go within and just really focus on flooding that individual with so much light and so much love that I can possibly conjure up. It also releases me again from that way of thinking. And I also feel too, it it does send energy to them in a way that is karmically connected to you. So it's sort of something like, okay, in me giving you back this light right now, I am setting the intention for whatever karmic, you know, debt that has to take place, take place mm-hmm. and organically as well. Um, and I also find too that when I send that love back, that's the love that I'm receiving myself. So yeah. if, if, if we think about everything that we slingshot outside of ourselves, we're going to experience it again because that's yeah. how powerful we are. We are those powerful creators. Yes. We want to encourage everyone listening right now send love even even if every ounce of your being is telling you that why you should not or how unjust the situation is go within your all-knowing place that knows only that vibration and knows only that space and utilize it that is going to help you mm. on your 
It just is. I so love this. It's so the way I think about it. And I also think it's, it, there's the other part of that is, as you talk about forgiveness, it's freeing you, right? It's freeing you. But also realizing, again, if we're not separate, then what you're doing is offering, as you said, love to yourself. And I often think, I often go into gratitude in moments where I am in that space too, because I just go, thank you for being such a um, dramatic catalyst for my growth. <laughs> you know, there's something that touched me, so it's mine. Otherwise, it wouldn't have touched me and it would have bounced off. But if it touched me, there's some kind of sore still that I need to look at, and that's mine. So thank you for being such an amazing catalyst. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. And I go away and work on whatever it is that touched me. And again, coming back to inner child, it tends to stem from those those moments, right? So It does. And, and I, I learned this truth a long time ago. And it was one thing that I didn't really want to accept when I learned it, because it just like, <laughs> didn't make sense to me, but... Basically, it was this this knowing that everyone's a reflection of ourselves that we're that we are encountering, you know, and so to think of it this way, you know, there is something that really irks you about someone, you know, maybe it's a colleague, or maybe it's someone like a friend of a friend. And it's something that when they do it around you, it just makes you go crazy, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, to think of it in a different term of what within me is this reflecting right now? Why is this triggering me so much? You know, exactly. Going back to your energy source, why is this affecting me so much? Your feelings are there for a reason, you know? Yeah. Um, and so knowing knowing that we are merely reflecting our experience and reflecting who's a part of that experience, it also allows us to take ownership as well for what we're mm-hmm. allowing ourselves to think and feel and vibrate at, you know, exactly. and, um, and I, I really believe that our higher self or our intuitive self accessing that intuitive self, it all happens in the split fraction of a second. It happens in the in the split fraction of a second when you leave the rational way of thinking behind and you enter this sort of unlimited way of thinking, all-knowing way of thinking. It's that feeling of, of hope and inspiration, you know, that people will experience in many facets of their life. They might read a really great book that makes them feel this euphoria or it makes them feel unlimited. It, yeah. it, that connection and then it's a matter of knowing that within that split second you have the opportunity to to tune in but if you allow your ego space your ego mind to sort of um debunk what you're receiving it will and it will it will pull you back into that sphere of of cycle you know so um, I, I always try to show people that um, that's why it's so important when, when, when you're receiving intuitive information or you're connecting with spirit um, or you're having a vision, you know, when it happens simultaneously and it happens just out of the blue, to trust it, to really take mm-hmm. of it um, and to know that it's that fraction of a second that is a truth being revealed to you as yeah. well. Yes. For anyone who is listening, who is maybe questioning or thinking, well, how can I trust my intuition more? You know, um, it's just that it's trusting every time that that comes to you unexpectedly. Yes. And I, I think that a really good tool to build trust is to have a journal or something that you can document your impressions in. Yes. Because, because we live in a in a world that's not it's not dictated by time or space. We there, There's this illusion that we're living in a world that's, you know, linear and it's linked to like calendars and events yeah. and, time. <laughs> and, and it's not. So when we are able to um, imprint what we're, what we're receiving and then looking back on it, maybe a few weeks from now, maybe a few months from now, maybe a few years from now too, we're receiving the validation that mm. we are experiencing in those moments of connection. Yes. And, and that that itself can be very life-changing for someone who is doubting their intuition a lot or is doubting, you know, what they're feeling about a person. Yeah, I think that's great. And when I train people to be sound healers, there's obviously the science to back everything up, but there's the intuitive part that you teach as well. And one of the things that I found 
pretty helpful for me when I was in, I, I suppose, mostly in learning officially with the sound healing practices many years ago, because I always felt like I had a, a pretty decent relationship. But one of the things when all these magical things started to happen that I wasn't familiar with, there would be that that voice coming up and saying, is this real? Is this really happening? And I just reframed it to what if it is? All this is, is information. It's not right. It's not wrong. We're not judging it. It's just coming through and just trust it. And so this is what I know now teaching other people to get in touch with their intuition that, you know, doubts and things will creep in. But when you go into that relationship of trust, it's like you go into a relationship giving someone the benefit of the doubt that they'll be the person um, that, that, that you'll be able to create the kind of relationship that you might communicate about. You don't go in hopefully going that everything's going to go wrong because then it most likely will. So I say just go in with that trust and just think, take it as information and trust it every time. And then again, the journaling is a pretty, it's a really great way to have some evidence and validation for yourself. Absolutely. And, and I know too that when people are embarking upon that intuitive journey, they're going to have to really choose to lean in away from the judgment because yes. that ego space is going to want to be in your in your head yeah. very loudly <laughs> telling you you know how crazy you are or mm. what are you doing or it's just going to this ain't real <laughs> keep pulling you away from it and yeah. I I find it's sort of like diving off of a diving board so to speak you know where. <laughs> where I'm able to kind of just fine um, tune my concentration to the right voice in my head <laughs> and not, yeah. not, not the destructive voice that we all have a connection to, you know, and, yeah. and, and it happens so quickly, but it's one of those things that we have to be very much aware of, of when, when we're in that space, that other, that other voice coming from the other side of yourself it's just a test to you, basically. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just there for you to be able to discern what's there and what's not, what's real and what's and what's, what's not real. Yeah, yeah. That's so beautiful. I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe the time is gone. Um, but I just want to start by by just saying thank you. Thank you for your presence. I really celebrate you and the work that you're doing to help people find peace and to heal and go through grieving, you know, with ease and grace and all the just amazing work that you do. Thank you for all of that. Um, and what before I go into my final question, just tell people where they can find you online, Bill. Absolutely. So my, my website is just my name. It's billphillips.com with Brilliant. one, two P's or you'll get somebody else. I always yes. And, um, <laughs> They can also find me on social media as well. On Facebook, it's Psychic Medium Bill Phillips. Same with Instagram. And I do something called Daily Inspiration every day for my mm -hmm. audience, where I will go within and just post something that I feel is going to be really relevant to them in that moment. That's and amazing. Help them get through their day. So yeah. that's great. And I will, of course, put all of your links here in the show notes. So thank you for that. So I like to ask my guests this final question, and that is what is your soulful sound to the world? A self prayer or desire that you wish upon the world? I love it. Um, my soulful prayer for the world is to know that. We're, we're all here to help each other evolve and we're here to help each other through life. So my biggest prayer would be for people to answer that call when they feel guided to and to operate from that way of being, from that space of love that we all have access to, to make the world a better place. Ooh, I felt that. Thank you. Bill, thank you so much for joining us today and just so much love to you. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been a wonderful, I feel definitely filled up today equally. Oh, thank amazing. you so much for your beautiful, loving presence. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to share it with your friends and remember to subscribe. From my heart to yours, sending you love, healing, and sound wherever you are.